show from a heavy metal perspective. From Danzig to death, to Dark Throne to Dr. Shrinker. Buckle up, things are about to get heavy. This is the Metal Podcast. Let's rock and roll. And welcome to another episode of the Metal Podcast, uh, the show that is pretty much a music show, but we were not smart enough to have a better name. I am AC, and I am joined by the world's greatest sidekick this side of Gotham. DJ, how are you doing? Oh, I'm uh, excellent. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. And we are joined by another special guest from the great white north, Michael J. Miller. How are you doing? I'm happening, man. Doing great. Thank you. So I want to ask you something that uh, I think we need to ask more guests this. What have you been listening to lately? Um, <laughs> metal and a lot of my <laughs> own music as well, but rock music. Okay. Like uh, it, classic stuff or like current artists? Um, believe it or not, uh, uh, mostly classic stuff. Uh, something I tuned into a couple of nights ago was the, uh, the final Kiss show in New York City. Hmm. had to see that that's like the ultimate production ever my curiosity dragged me there it was it was great um i do listen to some current music um and some of it's really good and then uh i've got a few variables on what i think about some other things in a <laughs> nutshell i'll say that uh, metal in the uh, long run the musicianship is right up there I mean, great drums, great guitar playing, pretty cool, so really good songwriting. But uh, in some cases, I don't understand how the musicians would let such bad vocals be on top of their music. Mm. People go, <laughs> uh, that's really not for me. So I, uh, I think I have an answer for that. I think that really started with Lemmy and people trying to to have the the gruff Lemmy vocals, but you know Lemmy really? wasn't he wasn't oh, that's what that's what I think because because that wasn't Lemmy doing a voice that was just how he sang because he had kind of a, a gruffer almost like an old man voice like even when he was a young man like he sounded the same for forty years and I yeah. think from there it went to, to the band Venom. And yeah. then, then to Celtic Frost, and then Death and Possessed, and then just the whole genre of death metal was created. Like it went all down the line. Are uh, do you do you follow Napalm Death at all, or did you ever? Uh, I've I've listened to them. Yeah. So there was a an interview with with them on their second album, and this was uh, I don't remember the first singer's name, but the second singer was a guy named Lee Dorian who went on to form the doom metal band cathedral, which is a good band. Yeah. And, and he is a good singer, but he didn't sing like how he does when he was in napalm death. He was like, rah, 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 rah. and someone said, why do you sing like that? And he said, well, with the music as aggressive and as fast as it is, I just don't see another way to sing. And I was like, you know what? That's a good point. Cause you hear a lot of those bands like, like cannibal corpse or Nile. Yeah. And I cannot picture Bruce Dickinson singing to any of the, like it, it would like it, the death metal bands <laughs> yeah it, it would it would just it would be like really jarring it, and it would almost sound like a parody so i think it's it's just the way to sing to that type of music and i understand people not liking it 
because when you have all these, like when you have, you know, Rob Halford and Bruce Dickinson yep. or, or Tim, Eagle, the Ripper Owens, Tim Owens. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like, like when you, when you have, uh, just like these great singers, I understand that like the contrast that it, it is night and day, but it's just, to me, it's just like another step. And I think a lot of that started with the thrash metal where these people, they just needed a singer. So a lot of, a lot of people just stepped up like Metallica wanted John Bush from Armored Saint to sing for them. And, uh, Dave Mustaine wanted, uh, I can't remember his name, the guy from Diamond Head. He wanted them to, to okay. sing for Megadeth. And a lot of these bands, they couldn't get the singers they wanted. They said, well, we have a deadline. Like we got a show coming up. Like, all right, whatever I'll sing. And then just yeah. the vocals just got sloppier and sloppier, but it, 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 I think it worked for a lot of the music. But it definitely is a lost art that like the operatic dramatic, like your Dio's and your Bruce mm -hmm. Dickinson's. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, a band like Iron Maiden, I don't think they would uh, even allow Bruce Dickinson to to sound like that for very much of a song. Even if he tried it in a little bit, they may say, oh, it's OK here, Bruce, but uh, let's get back to some real singing. <laughs> well, well yeah, Rob Rob Halford started doing a few growls yeah. live. It was very, very but interesting. It, I've noticed he, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that might've been just because he's getting older and it's harder for him to maintain, you know, that, that high pitch squeals. Yeah. yeah. So that might be his cope, but, uh, it, it did. Yeah. Go ahead. I actually, when I, when I heard him putting in those, uh, and whatever, I thought, <laughs> well, it's maybe to, um, to, uh, to relate to the younger crowd that, uh, is familiar with that. So let's make the sounds that they know. You know, even more than his classic screams, they probably like that. That's very possible. I never, I never thought about that, but the times when he started doing that, that was when they started pushing all these bands that I, I really don't like. It's, it's like this weird mix between like death metal and new metal where they don't sound like death metal. If like, if you, cause you, you probably don't like the, the vocals, but I'm sure you appreciate all the musicianship uh, of sure. just but the, you had these bands that didn't quite understand the music angle of those bands. And then they would have these singers that wouldn't just growl, but they would make these like stupid, like caveman sounds. They'd be like, literally they go like, like it sounded like, like a dog being strangled, but yeah. that was, that was pushed around like 2003, four, five, six. And that's when Halford came back to priest and that's when he started doing that. So that it's possible that someone just said, Hey, this is what the kids are like. And so throw, throw a couple of those in there, Rob. Huh? Well, at least he didn't go as far as a uh, job for a cowboy. That's the band exactly <laughs> that I was thinking of. That that's does that. That's all sounds. <laughs> yes. I wonder what the beach boys and pet sounds would think of that. They're <laughs> like, they're like, these are the real pet sounds. We got it all yeah. wrong. <laughs> Do you, do you, do you agree that Pet Sounds is one of the greatest albums of all time? Uh, it's very close. Yeah. Okay. But I can also see how, uh, Brian Wilson, uh, wound up in a sandbox after listening to, uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Oh, okay. Mm. What, what's your favorite album? Uh, I'd probably have to say that's one of them. Sergeant Pepper's? Pepper's? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Not yeah. uh, Pet Sounds? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Top five, top five, just off the top of your head, you know, this no final answer. You're allowed wiggle room. If tomorrow someone asks you, uh, what, what do you got? Oh, oh, geez. Uh, 
Okay. Master of Reality, Black Sabbath. You're right, yeah. Yeah. Um Judas Priest, uh British Steel. Um Classic. yeah. Classic. I'd say uh Kiss Destroyer. Believe it or not. <laughs> I believe and it. uh, yeah. <laughs> um Hard Day's Night, can't forget about that, the Beatles. Oh, there's two Beatles albums I mentioned. Two Beatles albums. I see you like I the can't Beatles. uh yeah, they really made rock and roll change. I've got a lot to say about the Beatles and what they did for music. But uh album number five, uh we can't forget about Iron Maiden, so like uh number of the beast. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I um and I I've, I've said this before. I'll I'll keep harping on it just so everyone gets it. All music is subjective. I Yep. think Iron Maiden is as close as you can possibly get to like if there were a scientific formula to measure the best as far as a best rock and roll band of all time. As far as lyrics, songwriting, musicianship, performance, I I, I don't think you can get much better as far as everyone at the top of their game for many years. Like they consistently turned out. I, I, I think the only maiden albums that I, I struggle to listen to are, uh, fear of the dark and the two blaze Bailey albums, but Yeah. none of those albums have bad songs. They just, don't have good maiden songs. Right. It's I can see them having a a bit of difficulty maintaining that same sort of standard and and uh character all the way through. Uh it's bound to have its ups and downs throughout a career of their length. Um, especially when you change a singer from no Bruce Dickinson to, to uh, Blaze Bailey. And um, not to blame him for the, the songs, but um, the songwriting did seem to change too at the same time Oh as yeah. the singer. Did. Oh Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that I think that's the ultimate problem with those two albums was, was that they just don't sound like the other ones cuz even if you had Blaze Bailey singing on Somewhere in Time, like it would still Yeah. Mm sound -hmm. like a good album just it would be like, "Ah, it's kind of missing Bruce Dickinson, but all these songs are really good." Cuz Blaze Bailey is a he's a good singer, but you know, Bruce Dickinson and, and Rob Halford are probably the 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 all-time great metal singers. I agree. I agree. I got to see uh, Blaze Bailey with a solo group uh, just last year, came through town, and um, he had a good, strong act. But, you know, the funniest thing about it was uh, um, some of the most memorable uh, moments of his music where he started to go into some vocal chants that were very maidenish. Oh, oh. Stuff like that. I was going, wow, that was just like Maiden, even though it was one of his songs. Unless it was a Maiden song, I didn't know. Wow. That <laughs> there may have been stuff that that he wrote with them that they just left off the album. Like how Oh, sure. how often you you write, you know, three, four, five songs and you're like, this can't make the album, and then you just don't know what to do with them. Like Yeah. you've done that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. There's lots of songs sitting there that um, I... 
don't know if it's worth spending the time on them because there may be a better song to spend the time on to put on the album. Oh. And Michael, you you had um, a pretty busy 2023 with um, you, you came out with an album, the instrumental yeah. album. Um, I think it's the album is just called Instrumental by MJM, yeah. and you released the song with uh, Tim Ripper Owens, right? The the Live uh, It Up, or how did how did that come about? Am I getting that right? Or well, the Live It Up, um, great song. Um, yes, it it. It's been released as an MJM song right now without Tim Ripper Owens on it yet. The okay. uh, the version with Tim Ripper Owens is coming out this month. We're oh, still wow. mixing it right now. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And it, I. It actually, oh, sorry. Actually, go ahead. It actually should have been done this week. Um, uh, Brave Words uh, magazine is waiting to do an interview with me about the uh, about the song and working with Tim Ripper. Uh, but I told them to wait until I give them the actual mastered version. So uh, the producer's at the studio right now working on the final tweaking of the mix so we can master it and release it. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah, so that's coming out uh, this month. Yeah, and I, I, I checked out the, the instrumental album. I'll be honest, I don't usually like, you know, like, it's hard to say. It's like He likes vocals. Like, he likes guitar, vocals. Vir- but honestly... This was the best instrumental album I've ever heard because I've listened to Marty Friedman stuff. I've listened to even like Chris Poland stuff, and this like it's thrashy too, especially um, the chase with the double yeah. bass. Like, and I mean, each song I listen to, you know, uh, you know Resurrection, Medicine Ball, um, you know, Ascension. Yeah. I mean, and each song is different. It's almost like you have. Um, like really cool guitar effects, incredible playing, cool riffs. It, it was very different where you don't even notice that there's not vocals and it doesn't like, I, I really enjoyed it. Like I, I, and part of like what we've been talking about, I don't mean to beat a dead horse is that, you know, AI artificial intelligence can't replicate what you do. And, and the way to stay ahead of it is being better than the AI. And you certainly do that. It's, it's, amazing and you know i was a drummer so i can more hear like good drummers and stuff but i can tell like as a guitarist you you got to be one of the best and, and you are canada's best known secret and i think that's kind of the wrong way to put it i think it's a travesty i, I want everyone to know your music to be honest because it, it i was blown away and uh, you know it, it was it was incredible to listen to and each song was better than the next. And, and it was actually interesting too, with uh, the last song on the the record, um, the dark slash meltdown with yeah. the two minutes of JFK's speech, which mm-hmm. <laughs> you're from Canada. So how yeah. did, you know, it was the classic, you know, uh, ask not what uh, your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. You know, yeah. <laughs> it, it just, I loved it, man. Like I love every part of it. It, it was amazing so congratulations on that well that's that's really really very nice of you to say that i really appreciate hearing that from from you guys um i i was um really glad to put that collection of our material together from the various albums and uh listen to it as a whole when we finally got the whole thing put together i uh i put it in my uh my vehicle and went for a one hour cruise down the highway and just 
it was oh, cruising yeah. music you know i just put it on and i was i was on a trip with that music while i was flying down the highway it was it was a great buzz a great way to get into it too no distractions just the music and and i thought to myself geez that's me. I'm digging it. Like some <laughs> other band. That looks really good. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I mean, it, 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 I went to sleep an hour later than I intended to last night. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> wow. You know, it, it was, it and now, now I got to listen to it in my car. Cause that, you just gave me an idea. Cause it is, it is cruising music, but it, wow. It, it, it's really Freaking good. Man. Stay away from the surface streets. You know, you don't want to go 80 on those ones. Right. right. Yeah. It's uh, once you get on the highway, let her rip. There you go. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm curious what, I mean, what got you into playing guitar? Um, and composing because you do, you're our music composer, recording artist, uh, MJM, uh, Michael J. Miller band. I mean, are you associated with anything else as well? I guess I asked you a little too many questions. <laughs> well, I can answer them all. Um, <laughs> I should probably go from uh, the most recent question. Uh, I have a history with, with other recording acts. Uh, my first recording act was uh, one of the heavier bands that Canada has had. It's uh, We were called Rapid Tears. Mm. And um, we put out... a the honestly album and then uh cry for mercy and uh we were working on our third album and then things became difficult and the band kind of started separating and then the singer left for sweden and that kind uh -huh. of did it but um geez just uh last year a, a new book was put out about the the toronto metal scene and it was called eve of darkness here, I have it right here. Okay. And, uh, this is the book. Ah. Oh, nice. Eve it's of a Dark. big one. Yeah, it's a big one. And it's really <laughs> cool because uh, Rapid Tears are... There's there's a, a couple little clips of uh, Motorhead and Iron Maiden in here, even though they're not from Toronto. But then the first, uh, first article is... First feature is Rapid Tears. That's me a long oh, time. Hey, yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. And the other half of that picture is right here. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. But the, and then there's the rest of the book after Rapid Tears. So, uh, yeah, they put us at the front of the book and gave us, gave it some uh, due accountability. It's, it's great. And uh, after Rapid Tears, then I started a, a group uh, called Adrenaline. And we had a, a German record deal and we put out the album Dedicated. Man, which is a very solid album um yeah. and it sold a lot in europe um it never got an american deal which is pretty weird that is weird it's it uh, long island records right that's correct long island which is records. funny that it's a, a german yeah i know <laughs> like, long island, like, you think from new york you know, like, exactly yeah <laughs> like, i, I had the double take that i wanted to ask you about that because i did see that <laughs> well i think they uh before they folded they changed their label name to maple <laughs> maple records uh, that's an exciting go. name yeah <laughs> yeah yeah especially if you think of that leaf i do <laughs> <laughs> excellent no so yeah oh what, geez a few other questions i didn't oh, yeah. get around to oh what? no you're okay yeah sorry <laughs> uh, i almost forgot what they were um 
So did DJ. <laughs> playing guitar. Well, it's it's pretty funny. Um, my whole family was musical. My dad was in the Air Force uh, the during the war. He was in the Air Force, uh, and he played uh, in the Air Force band, uh, saxophone oh, and clarinet. And uh, so when I was a little kid growing up, he'd get out the saxophone and, or clarinet and play it. And my mother played piano. My sister played piano. My uh, oldest brother didn't play an instrument, but he listened. He was uh, he listened to music all the time. And every week he would come home with a new single. Back in those days, that's what people did. They went to the, the record store and bought the hottest single of the week. So I got to hear the A and the B side of every hot song that was coming out. So I was told, uh, constantly uh, getting a uh, uh, an influence from new cool music as I was a, a little tyke, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, my sister, she also played piano too. So, oh, and my other brother, he he played guitar, and he had a Fender Stratocaster. But all I could do is kind of like boink on the strings. I couldn't press a note or anything. I didn't know what to do. But um, at the age of nine, my mother uh, asked me if I wanted to learn guitar. And I said, sure. And uh, I started taking lessons. Uh, I think I had a good teacher at that point. And um, I took lessons for a couple of years. And uh, then I, I dropped out of lessons, but I kept playing my guitar uh, because I started figuring out stuff on my own. And... The guitar lessons at that point seemed to be very sight reading based and that was kind of turning me off and and I was wanting to learn these songs and I started figuring them out and at the same time I woke up one morning as a kid and I was singing a song in my head and I thought well what what is this try and figure it out and I grabbed my guitar I mean I'm talking 10 11 years old I grabbed my guitar and I went boink boink or hit this chord that chord no that's not the right one i tried to find the chords and i realized that songs come from up here and you just have to the more you know your instrument you get better at it as you go that was as a little kid right but <laughs> i i, I kind of learned right from there that hey i've got ideas and if i can figure out how to play them uh, i'll be writing my own songs and um that started to become a normal way that I thought every day. I would always, pretty well every day, get ideas, riffs. Sometimes I would get them. That's the other half, too. Sometimes I would get riffs, and I still do on, when I'm playing my guitar. All of a sudden, something really cool will start rolling off my fingers, and I'll have to grab my cell phone and hit the little voice recorder to capture that idea, right? So, um, yeah, I noticed at an early age, I got... Uh, ideas for songs and i was learning how to turn them into real three or four minute songs or however long they wound up being right progressive or commercial so um and at the same time there were uh great guitar players that were changing the style of rock music example um we'll take note that Maybe the first time I heard a real distorted guitar was in like Helter Skelter or uh, Revolution by the Beatles. But then after that, there's Jimi Hendrix all of a sudden screaming on the guitar. I certainly had to listen to that. 
And uh, man, that Are You Experienced album was uh, that was a real, real revolution in rock music, right? And um, so songs like that. And then I remember the Cream, a, a song, Sunshine of Your Love, my sister uh, trying to get me to learn how to go do, 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 <laughs> trying to figure out those notes, right? As a 12 year old. And uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> that's kind of how it all came together uh with the musical influence of my family and uh them encouraging me to uh to learn music and me realizing I could so I started to get into it pretty intensely you know to the point where I was skipping school to go home and play my guitar <laughs> awesome yeah, yeah that's awesome when I was yeah. a kid I thought NIB and Sunshine of Your Love were the same song Ah. Wow. Cuz it was, you know, it was before the time of the internet where you could just You're go right. listen to them and then I just you heard one in a movie and I heard the other in a movie and I just remember the da na na and then yeah. and then just that just never heard the full song just figure that's part of the same song and then the years later song. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that's Black Sabbath?" I had no idea. I thought that was the Cream song. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, and you bring up the 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 distorted guitar and Jack Bruce playing the distorted bass on that song. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, <laughs> it all starts somewhere. Yeah, that well, I, and you brought up uh, the distorted guitar and Helter Skelter. I thought you were going to go with the Kinks because they were real big innovators for the distorted guitar. And what I heard was they poked holes in their in their speaker. And that's how they got that sound. Yes, I heard that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. That. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's true. I don't know if that that's just one of those urban legends. But that was something that I heard, and, and I heard that from someone. Like I wasn't watching, you know, I'm sixty minutes on the Kinks, and oh, the, to sure. get that. No, it was just like you know, kid on the playground. Like oh, to, to get that sound, and you know, it really got me. They poked their holes, and so I, I've just uh, that stuck with me for years, and I've. Never gone to look it up, and I'm sure that if that has been debunked, it is widely available. Or if it's true, you know, there's probably the the interview with them, and they're not fighting each other and trying to kill each other, where they're talking about how they came up with that sound. I'm just wondering uh, what their uh, backup might have been if poking holes in their speakers didn't work, and they were in a recording session. What would they do? Buy a new buy a new speaker and just don't poke yeah. holes in it this time. <laughs> I guess we have a stick with whatever sound we have. Yeah. <laughs> Great story. Yeah. Cause you you have all these people from that era. And I, I think a lot of those people are more innovative than they are like actually, uh, I mean, maybe this is a controversial thing to say, but as, as musicians, it's less that they are good and it's more that they kind of reinvented the wheel. Cause my, my example for, for this, uh, as kind of a counter is Eddie Van Halen could without a doubt play guitar better than most people. And he also came up with a very creative way to play it. And I think, yeah. I think in that era, the, the sixties era, you just had people that, basically took what Bill Haley and the Comets did 
and then they just put an, uh, a refreshing spin on it. So it was less that these people are, are the, the virtuosos of that era. And they were more just kind of the, the Steve jobs, if you would, they just took an, an idea and found a really creative use for it that is still being used today. Granted, distorted guitars don't sound like you really got me. They, they sound much closer to the Van Halen version of you really got me, but still yeah. <laughs> it, it, it set the standard for what became hard rock today, because that people are always chasing those, those crunchy tones, but it's not just that crunch. Like you, you want it to sound, you want it to sound good as silly and simple as that sounds, but. There's a difference between having distortion and having that Randy Rhodes, a uh, blizzard of Oz distortion. That's for sure. I mean, he had a great tone, great, uh, great sound in the studio and, and live too. Yeah. How much time, Randy, how much time do you spend trying to get that good tone? Uh, I've already got the good tone, so I don't have to spend oh. too much time on it. Okay. Well, you don't, you don't try to find a new one each, each, each uh, record. Um, I actually have managed to do that again because, um, I have changed some equipment, but, uh, uh, I do spend time sometimes with gear, with the programming of it and stuff like that. But, um, generally I've got my sounds and, um, in the studio where we're doing our, uh, our new album, I'm not using this rig. I'm using a different new Marshall head that I have now. I've got a lot of Marshall stuff. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and and the sound of the studio itself, the room, and the uh, the way we're miking it is giving us giving me a, a good sound without me having to fool around with the amp too much. Wow. Who, yeah, who, who was the ahead, guy? Andy. Who was the guy that did tubular bells? Is it, is it Mike Oldfield? Michael Oldfield. Yeah, because yes. because uh, he he has a really bizarre way of recording where like he's not he's never been satisfied with that song and he's constantly re-recording it. <laughs> really? I yeah, I, I think he's he still does it. Like like every every now and then he goes back and revisits it. Like because the song is like everyone knows it as like the Exorcist song but that's just a small piece of it. Like the song is a huge epic, but he's, yeah, it is. he's so, um, um, what, what's a OCD about it that he's like, he's never satisfied. So he's constantly like re-recording it or like adding oh, to it. Dear. Yeah. Cause so, uh, I, I can, uh, <laughs> there, there, there is a point where you have to stop, but, um, <laughs> I, I understand, I understand from a, an angle of, um, having released something and then listening to it a few years later that, Hmm, I wish I would have done this instead of that. Right. But, uh, it, it's his, his liberty to, to go at it as often as he wants. Um, probably not worried about uh, wearing out the tape because he's transferred it all to digital now. So he can work on it forever. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if he's doing it from scratch either. That's the one thing that I heard. I thought he, like he restarts everything. Like, oh, I don't like oh, that. Yeah. I did it this way. That's what I heard. And again, that could be oh. another urban legend that, yeah. but yeah, That's he does. Yeah. He does. Like he does revisit it. It's, it's like, he's trying to, to get it down. Cause I, I released my, my first release back in August and 
And I was at the, like, I worked on it for two years and I taught myself like mixing and mastering and I didn't teach myself very well. It's, it's, it's <laughs> about as amateur as, as it gets. I mean, it doesn't sound terrible, but, uh, it, there's definitely a lot of places that it needs improvement, but I got to the point where I was just like, I just need to put it out. Like I, I, I can't spend the next five years getting this perfect. Like I just need to put it out. The next one will be better. That that's how I'll do it. But I, right. I, I, I think everyone that is a creator feels like that. Like, you know, you, you have something done and you're like, oh, this sounds good. Or eh, maybe I could, eh, well, you know. but then you're just like, okay, I have to put it out. Like, I just can't sit on it because we're our own hardest critics. Yeah. This is where working with a producer and a good engineer can really uh, step things up to another level. And it can also help draw the line on what's good or what has to be changed or what is really good and don't change it. Right. And, um, having a great engineer gets those sounds and the producer making decisions, um, helps things along. I, uh, example, I, um, um, a girl that's, uh, been helping with our management. Uh, she asked me to do, um, Canada's national anthem. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just before uh, there was enough time just before Canada Day, which is July first, right? So I had, uh, well, fortunately, I already had a version of it in my mind of how I wanted to do it in a metal style, and uh, so I said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it." And I went to work in my studio here, and I, I put it all. I have a recording studio here as well, and. Um, I went to work on it and I engineered it and produced it. And um, when I listened to it and compared to our other albums, it's nowhere close. Uh, you can tell it's lacking in the production and just the, the engineering sounds that my engineer and producer would have, would have got. Um, but nonetheless, uh, anyone who hears it says, well, that's amazing. It's really good, right? And, and I listen to it in itself. It's it's a really cool version. But uh, there's a good chance I may re-record it and have it re-engineered and produced and actually stick it on the next album because it's a pretty cool version that'll be worth hearing if I get it engineered properly. Mm. And that's a big aspect that a lot of people kind of undersell, especially now, because everything, it, you know, it's not real to real days. It's the, the, yeah. the way you can make things sound digitally, like every, everything sounds amazing. Like, but when, when you're, when you're listening to it and you, yeah. you know, the flaws, like, you know, where, you know, this is lacking, but you know, they're, they're a- average Joe on the street, you know, they're going to hear it. And when was the last time you heard something that had a bad production? You're just like, oh my gosh, can you believe this? Like how, like this, this person should be ashamed of themselves for releasing <laughs> this. It's been a long time. Oh, I, that's funny. Um, <clears throat> I hear stuff like that quite often. <laughs> well, Sorry, <laughs> not agree with you, but I do. Oh, really? Um, well, okay, yeah. well, well, can I ask you, um, is it, is it modern stuff or is it yeah. like, Okay. Um, yeah. interesting. Um, I, what is it? I'm just well, curious to know. Being the fact that just about anybody can, um, uh, yeah. have, build yeah. their own recording studio in their bedroom. Yeah. Just about anybody can put something out on Spotify. And, uh, 
it's pretty funny um the way music has went uh some people oh boy this is a deep subject but um <laughs> music and metal and rock sounds uh we we know and love and live by them right but the younger generation uh can't tell the difference of if there's a guitar in that song or there isn't one mm. they don't even think about it right so uh the stuff that i'm thinking about actually uh was pretty weird the, the I, I also work as a music teacher and uh the student brought in the song and said uh <laughs> can you teach this teach me this song i said well let me hear it and she, we put it on and I was listening to it and there was actually a really bad combination of chords over top of each other that was making a mess of the first thing that was going on and it had bad note combinations and all sorts of stuff. There was some sort of beat in behind it. I'm not, I'm not really a supporter of any music that's made from beats, but um, uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> right um but uh it, it's funny the one thing i can tell you about the band is the girl said uh the singer oh they they've uh they've got like uh 200 million streams or something like that oh, right oh yeah. she goes the singer said he was gonna die by the age of 21 and the whole band has actually all died now, and they all died before they were 21. And that's oh. the only, I can't remember the name of the group, right? But, you know, I, I, I hate to sound cynical, but I went, huh, if I made an album like that, I'd want to be dead too. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so that that does touch on, on, on something else. Yeah, like when I say, like, everything sounds perfect, I'm, I'm talking about, like, things that are produced for major oh. labels. Oh, like, for sure. Because, yeah. like you know, in the you know, the eighties, seventies, sixties, there were plenty of things that were underproduced, especially in the sixties. But that's okay because it was still pretty primitive. But there was a lot yeah. of underproduced stuff in the seventies and the eighties. But now, because everything yeah. is digital, all it takes mm -hmm. is a producer that understands how to use pro Pro Tools, and then yeah. like for basically nothing, they can make anything sound good. Yeah, there's plenty of people on SoundCloud, Spotify, Bandcamp. Mm -hmm. They just, they record with like audacity and like they use like their laptop mic to record things. Yeah. That sounds terrible yeah. because you, every, everyone can be a musician now. Like it's, you, you no longer have to rent out the recording space. Like you can just do you, do you have a, a, re a recording device on your phone? Oh, okay. Yeah. You can record a whole album. It won't sound good, but sure. You can, you can do it. But I, yeah. I I was specifically talking about like ma like major releases. Major releases. Yeah, that's very true. I, no major label would would allow or accept a bad recording and put their name on it. You yeah. have to sell. It. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But it's pretty funny though. You mentioned uh, that about anybody can make an album. I I had this uh, funny experience uh, a number of years back when this beats and automated. Uh, stuff that you can get I from uh, Sony Acid, I think was a program. And a, a girlfriend of mine, she said, uh, oh, my neighbor's son, uh, he made an album. I went, huh? Didn't even know he played an instrument. <laughs> what instrument does he play? She said, well, he doesn't. I went, well, 
How do you make an album if he doesn't sing and doesn't play an instrument? How does he know about writing songs? She goes, I don't know. He used this program and he slapped a bunch of stuff together and it's actually pretty good. Went, really? Sure it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, well, let me hear it. So I, I came over and I said, okay, well, let me hear what this is you're talking about. And you could tell that it was uh, made from beats and loops that were uh, prepackaged. Yeah, put yeah, mm. and all slammed together in some some sort of arrangement where it was uh, it worked for him for what it was, right? But it's uh, that's that was like our our pre our intro to what is now AI. I mean, mm, there's yeah. you know half the song already written for you in bits and pieces. Just put it together however you want. Sure. You know, we had uh, Andy LaRock on the show a little while back, and he's, uh, you know, guitar virtuoso with King Diamond. And he also has his own studio where he's a producer. It's called Sonic Train Studios in Sweden. Right. And and we asked him, like, hey, what, what have been, like, the changes in recording over the years? It, it was really funny because he says, you know, there's an undo button now. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true you know that that that's a handy thing because back when we were using tape if the engineer hit the record button by mistake your track's gone right mm. you know if you did a great lead that you worked on for two weeks and you finally Jeez. got it the engineer accidentally went on the wrong track it's like ah there's a hole in my lead and it's <laughs> uh i need a producer what do you like, do yeah yeah He'd say, I'm really sorry. You're going to have to redo that section. <laughs> oh, no, not, a, not as sorry as you're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the process for recording is just, it's so comfortable now because mm -hmm. like, before, because DJ and I have recorded on, on, um, four track and, <laughs> and it, and it is, it's really grueling. Like you do the same thing over and over. We're now. You can do it in parts. Yep. No, no one will yeah. tell. Yeah, it's it's easy. It, and, and you know, I, I don't even think that's a bad thing. I think that's that's a good thing. Like there are definite advantages to technology. Like all technology is not, you know, it's it's not a giant uh, detriment to mankind. Yeah, you know, we're we're not. Ted Kaczynski over here saying like, well, because of this, it's got to ruin everything. No, no, no. It's, it's made it easier. The, the real downside is people with no talent at all now have access to, to making music easily. That, that's, the, that's the bad part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, the good thing about that is it is easy to avoid it. Like, and it does sound weird. Like you can stay in your own musical bubble. Like, like people will try to like, tell me like, oh, you like this band? You should check this out. And that's how I got exposed to bands like Black Dahlia Murder, Job for a Cowboy, um, The Chariot, like all, all these bands that I think are just, just these not, not good metal bands. Like they just, they don't get it. They're yeah. people that think they get like, this is what's heavy. Have you ever heard of the band Swans? No, no, I haven't. Okay, so they they had an album. I I have it written down somewhere. I can't remember, but I, I saw a, a piece on it. Like, oh, this album. It, I think they were like they were either a new wave band or they were like a progressive rock band. They were not a metal band, and they put right. out this album that's supposed to be so heavy, but it's just slow and trudgy. Like it's like take Alice in Chains 
and like quarter tempo, like not even half tempo. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's just, like it's just slow with distorted power chords. And I'm just like, this, this isn't heavy. This is just, it's just slow. Like that doesn't right. make it heavy. Like I like Alice in Chains, but I wouldn't call them heavier than say Megadeth. Like that, like that's, that's ridiculous. And that's what I think a lot of these, these newer metal bands, like they just don't understand. Like they just do, they, they tune everything down to, 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 I guess like low, an octave lower Rough. than E. Yeah. Like, just, like yeah. 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 Just, they go as low as possible and, and they just, they, they just ride on the, on the bottom string. And then the the drums just double bass and they they do these kind of crappy blast beats that don't sound like impressive ones. And then people say, oh, it's heavy. Well, you only say it's heavy because you've never heard anything heavy. This is just what you're exposed to. Yeah, uh, I have uh, something to add to that. I I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can use an actual example that that I hear. the place we rehearse at is a, a multi kind of a rehearsal f- facility where there's other acts playing. And if I step out into the hall, I'll hear what some bands are doing. And of course, most people there have every guitar player has got a Marshall and uh, you'll hear them playing these heavy chords and these drum beats, but I'll listen to it and I'll say, if this is their idea of a good song, they don't know how to write music yet. Um, they're just, they've got some idea of a chord pattern, but it's not good. It's nothing that's going to excite anybody. Maybe they're excited about it because they sound heavy to themselves with that martial sound. But as far as a song goes, um, like it doesn't even get a D, you know? Um, so there's a whole difference between making a heavy sound because you've got a heavy sounding uh, electronics or uh, compared to making a heavy song. I mean, Black Sabbath isn't Black Sabbath just because he had a heavy sound. He wrote great riffs. Tony Iommi wrote great songs. And that's really what music is. It's supposed to be music that is made of chord arrangements that touch your heart and your soul and you really feel it right and there's a big difference between music that can do that and music that doesn't do it at all right i auditioned for one of those bands and it wasn't i didn't know anything about them i i just i i answered an ad that said like influences are death cannibal corpse and and there was a few other bands i'd never heard of but i was like okay i know death i know cannibal corpse probably just like throwback death metal bang no problem i can do that easy and then i go there and that like they're they're tuning it was the most bizarre tuning i've ever heard really like it, yeah it was like like open c but the bottom string was like drop B. It was so weird. Like really they thought like, Oh, we're doing something no one's ever done, but there was nothing musical about what they were doing. They just, it, they, they had a sound that I would say, I've never heard anything like it, but that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. 
and 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 just just having uh yeah that heavy guitar sound doesn't mean the songs are heavy it just it just means they're they sound heavy it's like an alien comes in like write some death metal and then like yeah whatever this is what it sounds like but it's like you're missing the point like those other songs they follow the same like musical structure like they follow these scales like all these songs they follow the scales so they're all within that so you can't just string notes together and that's what i think a, a lot of these bands would do they would they just make noise and mm. that's not music like m- music is is like a, a like a very specific thing. It's like if you're saying I'm going to do some chemistry and then you just start hitting a, a rock with a hammer. Like that's that's not right. chemistry. Right. Like maybe maybe that's like uh ca- caveman geology, but like you you are using <laughs> instruments, but you're not making music. And th- and that's why uh, I I say this rap is not music. Yeah. You got something to say? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um it's some people call it music, but it, it lacks a lot of it, especially when it came out, really lacked musical content within it. Um if we're gonna talk about rap for a minute, when I first started hearing rap, um it was a, a drum beat and it could have been programmed, and some guy rapping uh saying not very cool stuff and uh there was never any guitars in it and there was maybe a little keyboard that went tinkle tink 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 yeah something yep. in it. And a drum beat right and some guy going for like three minutes okay i already heard enough there that's enough right um I got to hear a guy do that uh new year's eve and live at times square i couldn't believe you did you did yeah it blew me away he was one of their star performers and he was carrying on just like that probably richer than we'll ever be sure yeah yeah those are the unbelievable. yeah but but yeah this and it's it's what's pushed on everybody and going back to the the rick ernst thing because you know take everything we can from every everyone we know he said he was there at mtv when they said turn off the metal and so that means there was an active decision to turn on the rap because a really? lot of, a lot of people, yeah, I mean, it had to be because and it wasn't it, due to metal not being popular. Yeah. It was at had nothing. Yeah. had nothing to do with ratings. Like, and it, it mm-hmm. was, it was a, like around the time of the black album countdown to extinction. Like even, even like, even though it's not metal, but like still, um, like facelift like Alice in Chains or even like uh, Trent Reznor, Pretty Hate Machine, all that stuff. So heavy music, it's still popular. They just said turn off specifically the metal. So it's not like rock and roll isn't popular. So if someone's saying turn off the metal, then a decision had to have been made to turn on the rap. So there was an active conspiracy to push rap in the in the mainstream. And I've heard That's people, and, I, and I, I've heard people cope by saying, well, rap is always popular. Like, no, it wasn't. Rap is a relatively new phenomenon. Like there was, you know, Rapper's Delight by Sugar Hill Gang, but most rap that existed in the 80s, like not no none of you, have, even I have have heard of it. Like there's so much stuff there that had been going going around and just no one was listening to it. 
Like it, it just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't popular. Maybe there was a few kids, you know, um, standing over a cardboard box with, with a boom box, you know, break dancing over it. But for the most part, it wasn't a big movement. And then just it suddenly it becomes everywhere and almost every top 40 hit. Now it's a rap song. If it's not Taylor Swift, it's a rap song. And it, it's all the same. It literally is all the same. It's not like we're, we yeah. go through where we have metal, where you have, you know, you, there's Motorhead and there's Cannibal Corpse and then there's Megadeth and then there's Dark Funeral and uh, Job for a Cowboy, Corn, like uh, Acrecock, uh, DRI, like all these different sounding bands, all these subgenres. Rap is all the same. The only difference is, uh, is this song about uh, uh, slapping your hoe or is it about... Um, selling drugs like what like that's that's it they're like what, what where are the rap songs that are about like staying in school and getting a job <laughs> i'm sure there might be one or two that do that like a dj found some posts where people are saying a lot of Nicki minaj's songs are about motherhood it's like you're lying <laughs> all of her songs are about being a whore oh boy well and she's probably one of the better ones but that's uh, <laughs> probably right? true. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, uh, what's really even disturbing, more the most disturbing thing about it, as we were talking about loops and, and whatever, anybody can do that. It's the same with rap. Just mm -hmm. about anybody can learn how to rap. Oh, yeah. um, I've, I've seen videos, lots of different videos on YouTube of, of kids that are practicing rap in their backyard. Their neighbors get together and they, they have like rap contests, right? You know, uh, the rap battle. Yeah, rap battle. <laughs> so battle stupid. of the rappers. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, it's like the yeah, modern sharks get shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> no winner gets shot in the head. Oh, yeah, that's right. Winner gets shot in the head, that's <laughs> and then gets a platinum record. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. Like you know, the 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 more grisly your fate, the more infamous you are. Well, even we've we've mentioned, you know, uh, Suge Knight now has this extremely um, highly produced um, podcast. Yeah, wasn't, yeah, wasn't it like a million dollars? The budget was like a million per episode? Yeah. Something yeah, like, like that. A, yeah. And he's in prison for yeah. like killing people. Yeah. <laughs> like, like he's like, in prison, no I think, for life. I think it's like 35 to life. And and he has a million dollar podcast from prison. Yeah, and from uh, he was the head of what Death Row Death Records. Row, yeah, so. Death Row <laughs> Records. Really, like a, it sounds like a good place to work. Yeah, he's got. And then there's all these other rappers who are releasing albums for, from prison, and you're like, how, why do they have laptops? Like, where is the accountability? Not for, just like, why do they have people? laptops? Why do they have <laughs> recording studios? And getting paid. <laughs> yeah, like they. So they're building studios for people to release rap albums from from prison have have you seen the movie airheads no no i haven't so that's a that's a fun movie it it, it has a, a brendan fraser steve buscemi and adam sandler and they're these guys in, in it the, the it lone takes, rangers the lone rangers it takes it takes place in like 1990 91 and they're they're like basically an 80s metal band even though they look like a nineties grunge band, but they're, they're an eighties metal band and they're just trying to get their big break. So they're doing whatever they can to, to get their song played and no record executive will listen to it. And 
They're, they're never in front of the people that they need to be in front of when they do their show. So they break into a radio station and hold it hostage. So they'll play their record and they end up being live, just talking about the music business and uh, their struggles and all this. And then they just become uh, just huge sensations as being these underdogs that have, have just tried to, to just get someone to listen to their music. And at the end they go to, they go to jail and then they release an album from prison, but it's a live album. And like that, it's a, it is a fun movie. And it was one yeah, of those it movies. It was like a huge bomb when it came out and, and years later it became popular. It, it had one of the famous quotes. It, it was like, uh, who would win in a fight? Lemmy or God? And it's wrestling like, match. Trick, trick, yeah. Oh, wrestling and, match. And the, guy, like, the guy says Lemmy and he goes, ha, trick question. Lemmy is God. <laughs> that He's a cop. <laughs> it is a good movie. I, I do rec- yeah. I recommend it. If, That's funny, man. Yeah, I think that, but I think one of the reasons it bombed was because it came out during a time when they just said, stop advertising metal. Like it was a metal movie that they just, they didn't want people to watch it because it, cause metal didn't go away. Like it, like Iron Maiden is Metallica are, are still huge acts. Like their, their album releases are still selling a lot. Judas Priest still big everyone is is going strong people like the metal they just don't know it's there and that's where i think a lot of these these crappy bands came from they they just well uh metal is still popular to throw something out there and i think there has been a conscious effort to try to sour metal in the eyes of the public and that's why they they put out stuff like like limp biscuit and and corn system of a down like all these bands they're not metal they just have distorted guitars and that's not what makes metal metal. Right. I agree. And I think that did happen to the business. Um, I, I like your explanation because it seems like somebody did hit a switch and all of a sudden turned off the metal and said, this is the crap you guys are going <laughs> to get. And that's it. And the biggest crime about it is it's, it's over the long term of say 20 years You've got a whole new generation that isn't being influenced by metal anymore. They're being influenced by this mm-hmm. rap stuff, dance music and whatever. Um, and a lot of them don't know the difference. They, if they hear metal, they think it's a strange sound to them, right? Which is really... Oh, it's it's too shit. aggressive. Yeah, they'd rather listen to... Don't this, you want something mellow? <laughs> It's like yeah. that, so- that song is about uh, performing oral sex, okay? That is not something that your six-year-old needs to be hearing. Like, that's mm. what it's about. Like, do you not hear what they're saying? No, I just like the beat. That's what I always hear. I just like the beat. It's like, really? but, but, but you're listening to pornography. Like, that's what it is. And, yeah. and, it, and because the music is so simple and so easy to make, you don't, it requires no talent to make it. So it, doesn't give you any inspiration to pick up an instrument and make your own. Like anyone can do it. Like, you know, your neighbor's kid, like, oh, he made an album, but like, he didn't really make it. Other people made it for him. He just kind of put the pieces together. It's like, it would, it would be the equivalent of someone saying like, Hey, look, my, my son did this beautiful art piece. Do you want to see it? And you go look at it. Like, that's just a jigsaw puzzle he put together. Yeah, right. like he, he didn't make that. He just, the pieces were already there. He just <laughs> snapped them into place. 
and that's what all this stuff is. And um, so y- you have some some lyrics uh, in front of you. Would, would you would you care yeah. to tell tell the people? This is a song by uh, Lou Phelps. It's a song. I I I think it's ironically called Average. <laughs> oh God, this. Yeah, uh, there may be some words in here I may have to beep myself on, Please but do. I'll, uh, <laughs> verse one show. by Lou Phelps. He goes, yeah, 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 ring, ring, ring on your telephone. Why the, you answer, uh, you're going to give some dome. <laughs> the type of reason why you all hoes all be alone, what's between your legs be bringing a black boy home? <laughs> You looking bad, I guess you kind of jealous. Oh, oh, now you're mad, you're feeling rebellious. Slap the taste out of your mouth, and all you boars still salty. Hmm. Slap your breath out your mouth, and all you black boys still talking. If it wasn't for the pigs, I'd put you back in your place. If it ain't for some wrecks, get these shoes out of my way. Hmm. Uh, beep. want platinum plaques, selling millions be the dream. I can't push it to the limit. Tony Montana type of way. Baby, I can see the future. No funny hats. Chasing green and these bays. Now I'll admit that's with my pack. If it wasn't for the dream, that probably wouldn't be no bram. I should probably change my name from Lou Phelps to Lou Bram. You, P I T C H. <laughs> well, bravo! Yeah. <laughs> I just sang my first rap song. Yeah, see, was... anyone can do it. <laughs> if, see, yeah. people, if you have no talent, you can always be a rapper. <laughs> yeah, Man. and I and I found this guy. This was on a. On something from okplayer.com. 13 new hip hop and RB albums you should listen to right now. And then I and I just found a Lou Phelps, okay, average. And then just uh I read those lyrics. It was the first thing that came up, and I and I just thought, okay, like I'm just waiting for the day when I, I'm like proven wrong. I'm like, wow, this is like actual good poetry. Like I I I can't believe how well these words are strung together. Because for, for all the criticism I do give of Metallica, I, I remain consistent that James Hetfield is a very good lyricist. I genuinely yep. like his lyrics. And I've never heard a rap song that's really wowed me. Maybe there's been so, like someone can link something like, how, oh, what about this? Okay, like maybe there's a few out there where you can say like, okay, that's, that's some pretty impressive poetry. But that's yeah. not the case anymore. Like this, this is just like, it, it it's, emotional ranting and it's like it's like 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 a child it's a child's like temper tantrum that is like contextualized into like adult quasi poetry because that's all it pretty much is 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 it's like have you ever seen um is it uh it's like beat poetry where people just talk like this they just kind of get mad but they don't rhyme about things like it's it's like that they they used to have it oh. in the nineties. It was a thing they would do at coffee shops, and that's kind mm. of what rap has become. There was only one thing in there that sounded like a like an actual poetic rhyme. Everything else, it was just like the ramblings of a madman. 
Like if, <laughs> like if someone was on the corner talking to themselves, like screaming that the words you just read is what I expect them to say. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like somebody telling a bad story about a bad scene and they're proud of it and they're kind of living that life. And, uh, and it's encouraging everybody that's listening to it to be that way. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a bad influence. Uh, yes. I don't want to talk like, a like, a hooligan. Parent that's, uh, well, uh, say a, a parent that's, uh, trying to guide his children in the proper direction, but this stuff is a bad influence on kids. I mean, look at what they're saying. Uh, none of the metal we listen to ever came close to anything horrible like this. You know, even when you listen to like Black Sabbath, Master of Reality, uh, you hear Ozzy Osbourne, and he's preaching about, about God in Master of Reality. He's not saying anything in uh, supporting Satan. He's actually preaching about Christ in Master of Reality. If you listen to uh, Lord of This World, would you like to see the Pope on the end of the rope? Do you think he's a fool? <laughs> no, I've seen the light and I've changed my ways uh, at the end of my days. Um, it's he's he had a good message in that song. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I'll read it. Well, and even go like no bone movies is like a, a song of uh, about it's yeah. an anti pornography song. And and on the inverse of that, when you think of like the dirty metal songs, a classic example, Kiss, Lick It Up. It's all metaphors, or even Cherry Pie by Warren. It's metaphors. Okay. Like we as adults know what they're talking about, and maybe a yeah. kid shouldn't be hearing that because they because they wouldn't know what they're saying. Like we don't need to be hearing kids talking about these euphemisms because they don't know it but this is this is difference like this isn't euphemism Wait. yeah this yeah. is yeah this is just like saying horrible things and it's promoted so kids think that like this mm -hmm. is a cool thing to aspire to be yeah i do think it's really important what we put like in our minds what what you ingest like it, there is that energy and that's that rap it is incredibly negative it, it doesn't it is is not going to make you more creative like I, I hate to say it but those lyrics did not make me go out and say you know what i gotta you know double down and and really like learn Hit something the books. Today. <laughs> you gotta this makes me want to go build a coffee table you know, I think I need to, I need to refinish uh, my bathroom. Like I'm yeah, really me, inspired. Yeah. Let me learn a new skill or pick up a guitar or, you know, yeah. let me become a lyricist or, or a poet. <laughs> well, and it also just shows you don't need to be creative to be a lyricist. Like exactly. you can, you can say whatever you want. Like you, all as long as you're saying like, you know, hoes and, and guns and, you know, cap to fool that like, oh yeah, I can do that. Anyone can do that. Like, like Radiohead had the song, anyone can play guitar, but I mean, there's, it's a little ironic statement to it, but anyone actually mm -hmm. can rap, especially now. Like you, you get a program that has all these programmed loops into it. Uh, you can probably get like any kind of, I don't know. There's, there's probably stuff out there that will just generate like some kind of like keyboard and some drum beat. And you can just, yo, 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 ring, so whatever. And put digital Pick, effects on the vocals. and Yeah, yeah. Auto-tune it, and then boom. Mm -hmm. that, that's a number one hit. 
and it's it's a number one hit because that's what's broadcast out there. Like when you see like yeah. these people, they like, oh, it's got 500 million plays on Spotify. Well, that's because they put it on the front page. So everyone who opens Spotify, mm-hmm. well, oh, they now, now they see it. Like when I was in high school, um, the first metal band that I was really introduced to that really made me go, I need more of this was Megadeth. Like I had, I'd known Iron Maiden, I'd known Judas Priest, I'd known Motorhead and they were bands. I, like, I knew Danzig, like I, I knew them, but I didn't really get into it until someone's like, here, check this out. And it was, it was killing as my business. And I was like, oh, this is something else. So I went out of my way to find bands like that. So I found King Diamond. I found Testament. I found Exodus. Like I, I found bands like that unleashed. Uh, mayhem, immortal. Like I found them. Now people don't think about things like that because everything is put in front of them. So you open Spotify and you're not even thinking like, okay, I want to find something like this. And I remember a guy made a post on Facebook years ago, and this is how old it was. The guy posted that I I have Frank Sinatra on my on my list, and Spotify recommended Justin Bieber to me. <laughs> Which one? Yeah. Justin Bieber's nothing like Frank Sinatra, obviously, but if they're promoting it, that means they want people to know about Justin Bieber and to listen to Justin Bieber. And if you think that it stops with Justin Bieber, you're crazy because I was told by okplayer.com that I need to listen to Lou Phelps right now. That's what it told me. And I I mean, I haven't listened to the song. I just looked at the lyrics, but Yeah, hearing those lyrics, there's there's no way a song can wow me. Like, there's no way the music can make me go, you know what? Those lyrics, I guess they were just an excuse to to slap a song together. Uh, So, do you know the band Obituary? Yeah. So, originally, like, you know, they have the vocals, but originally they didn't have lyrics. Like, it it was just, you know, you just needed something to, to, you know, keep keep the song together. Like, you just... You need to have the those vocals. The well, vocal. we don't rhythm and a melody with the vocal. Minus yeah, <laughs> but you know, no one could understand what he was saying. So yeah, they just didn't have lyrics. But so so maybe th- maybe this is the equivalent. Like we're just just put just write anything down, regardless of context or rhymes. Just, just write the first thing that comes to mind. Like oh uh, yeah 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 uh, hose and pimps like that they got the one track mind but yeah but this this is this is the state of of music now and it's not it's not music and and i i do believe that they're they actively tried to kill metal but the problem is metal is 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 the the peak of rock and roll it 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 will not get better than that. And that's why you still, one, have people that have admiration for all these legacy acts. And two, you have people popping up sounding like those. Sure, there, there's plenty of people right now as we're talking and as you're all listening that are, they've listened to a song like this and they're like, yo, I can be a rapper. Of course. But they're, they're going to give it up once they come to the next TikTok trend. Where people, uh, they, they listen to Electric Eye and they're like, I'm going to play guitar and I'm going to play guitar like that. I want <laughs> to do that. And they're going to do that for the rest of their life. Like your brain gets stimulated when you play an instrument. Yeah. And, w- and when you hear music like that, because 
there is something about sticking to a scale that really does make you more intelligent. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I know they found people that listen to classical music, their IQ does go up, especially if they play piano. So if you're dumb, listen to that. <laughs> well, they wow. make babies play or uh, listen to, to classical music. I think that's like been proven. If you, if you play classical music for your like newborn, it does have some like effect in a positive way. Yeah, and I also heard the story that, uh, well, I read the Steven Tyler book, how him as a little boy, two years old, would uh, his dad was a piano player, and he would sit underneath the piano and listen to his dad play. Oh, that's cool. And, yeah, and he said he'd do it every day, and he'd try and find the notes with his voice as his dad was playing, and oh, wow. that's how he developed his voice. He's a fantastic singer, and sure. uh, you can see where uh, he really learned the harmony and back to sticking with a scale um like i'm a i'm also a, a licensed music teacher and uh i know all about scales and why they work right and the modes and all that stuff and there there is a talk about like the science or chemistry of music there's just certain things that work or don't go together right and so when you do know um, a bit about theory or, or scales and uh, note combinations, it uh, makes a big difference in um, what you're going to write. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't just slap notes together. Like, you, like, <laughs> like, let's say you start like you just hit an A chord. Like you just hit one. Well, now what? You can't pick something that doesn't have A in it. You know, you gotta gotta make it built around that and then now you got yeah. ac okay all right do i do a oh, pentatonic or maybe i can get a little darker i can do something harmonic or maybe i want to do something in uh, whatever but you know if you, once you hit that c chord you're probably not doing a major so that that your songs have to follow an actual musical science yes they do to be good mm-hmm. yeah yeah of course the listener can't take it yeah, it won't go too far. It, yeah, it does make you feel uncomfortable. So, like they they do have to follow the science, and that also shows intelligence, right? Because you you have to use your brain to 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 write these songs, and you have to be able to use your brain to understand these songs. So, if you hear something that just sounds like chaos and it sounds good to you, well, your brain is broken. You just, yeah. something's wrong with you, but you hear something like, <laughs> like you hear Mozart and, and you're like, oh yes, I get this. It appeals to me. Your, your brain works and, and just go a step further. Then you, you, you hear hallowed be thy name and just go, oh, this appeals to me. Like, okay. Your brain understands the, the, the patterns and that, and that rubs off on people. Yeah. Like metal is timeless. It's basically the the next step of of classical music. It's classical music with the distorted guitar, essentially. I love that. That's that's a beautiful thing to say. Uh, yeah, really? and it, it's and it's the best way to put it. I, there, if 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 you had like advanced AI that, that said like make a metal version of of Mozart and it probably would sound like like Alexander the Great or Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner or something like that cuz that that's their hmm. 
those like hallowed be thy name is you know iron maiden's fifth or whatever it, that's basically <laughs> yeah. what it is yeah yeah no bad combination of notes there no, no. And, and it and it's put together perfectly like every everything and and there's a lot of changes and there's a lot of like, a lot going on see I, number of the beast is not my favorite maiden album in fact, right. it's one of my least favorite Maiden albums. <laughs> wow. Yes, but but I think that just goes Still to show a great album exactly yeah. that. But that's that's, that's kind of my point of how Iron Maiden. Like, if you had to, there is a best band of all time. What's Iron Maiden? My my favorite is uh, Somewhere in Time. Mm. Then it's then it's Killers. Oh yeah, Killers too. I saw that tour actually with Paul. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, sure. And my next favorite is Brave New World. Oh, really? Yes. See, that was that was an album where I, I someone played the Mercenary for me. I'm like, oh, this actually sounds good. I'm kind of surprised. And then just listening to the album from the beginning, just like starting with the Wicker Man and just that the ending, the the thin line between love and hate. Oh, all the one. all the songs are so good. And like you have your your big Iron Maiden epics. And then you have your 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 punchier, just traditional metal songs. It's it's just it's such a great album. Like Number of the Beast is every song on it is good, and it's it yeah. just like great way to start, great way to end. It's it's perfect. But everything that they've done, really, with the exception of the Two Blaze Bailey records and Fear of the Dark, uh, I haven't listened to the most recent one. I, I know a lot of people don't really like Sinjutsu very much. They think it just kind of. Iron Maiden showing their age, which is, which is fine. Like they've, they've earned the right to not have an album that sounds as good as something that they did in the eighties. And I appreciate that they still are putting out albums, you know, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like Nico McBrain is what? 74 years old. Yeah. He's <laughs> born know, in like, 49. Yeah. And, and he's still playing the way he was. Mm-hmm. was. Sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I do have a, a lot of admiration because, you know, Kiss is going the, the avatar route. Where they're just gonna yeah. digital projections of them on a screen, whatever you know. They're they're old. They've they've been around forever. They can't can't keep touring. I mean, they're not in bad shape. I mean, Paul Stanley can't sing anymore, but Gene Simmons still can. Yeah. But you know, how, at a, eventually, you're you you will have to have a farewell tour at some point, or or several. Well, no, they always have several, but one <laughs> one is going to be one will be real this time. I swear, oh, okay. you know. I wonder if that was it. That I, it, I I've had that same thought. Like it seems like that might have been the last one, but who knows anymore? Yeah, yeah. So, Michael, I know you. Um, you said you're working on another new album. Yes. Is there, uh, is there possibly a tour? that you might do in 2024 what what are your maybe you know it is the, the new year and happy new year what are some of your not necessarily resolutions but some of your goals for 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 your you personally um and musically for the year? i'd love to love to do a tour um i was working on one for the the southern states uh, a little while ago but uh some problems happened with it and it kind of fell apart now i'm looking at uh I'm talking with a company in in Europe about uh, maybe getting a European tour. Um, And in the meantime, we're still, we're working on a a new album right now anyways. So that's going to keep me busy, but um, (laughs) we'll do some shows around town while we're recording and trying to 
get a, a tour organized. Excellent. Yeah, I I definitely want to see you live. I'm I'm willing to travel uh to Canada overseas if if you will. I don't <laughs> yeah. know if, uh, overseas of Canada. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> across the Great Lakes. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Over the lakes. But but maybe when it maybe when it warms up a little bit. That, that's it seems it's a, a bit cold this time of year. No, you can just <laughs> ice skate across the Great Lakes. Oh, okay. That'll be fun. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How far is that? Yeah. The uh, Lake Huron actually did freeze over right over from one side to the other um, a number of years back, which is pretty phenomenal. That's a big body of water. Yeah, Yeah, and if that lake freezes, you probably are not going to be able to survive the the uh, unsheltered travel of ice skating across it. So maybe maybe (laughs) don't do that one. (laughs) It's icebergs for sure. It would be it would be cool to try though. Hmm. Dangerous. Yeah, I don't rubber dingy just in case. (laughs) Yeah, I don't do the cold. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. My weak California body is like, nope, this is, I don't, I don't do seasons, you know? <laughs> That's great. I wish I didn't do them either. <laughs> I can handle palm trees year round. Oh, well, come, come out anytime. <laughs> We'd love to get down to LA and, uh, do oh, some yeah. there. that would be My great. No. That I, uh, that works with me is from, uh, San Diego. Okay. So, not too far. Yeah. 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 I'm like an hour, uh, North of San Diego, hour South of LA. So it's, I'm right. I'm right in the thick of it, as, as they say. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, if we get down there, I'll be sure to let you you know that we're setting something up. Yeah. No. Excited to hear because uh, I I am a fan. You know, I'm not just saying that. I I need to listen to more of your stuff. But that instrumental album, man, it it, it, it I was not expecting how good it is because I like I said, it's not. You know. It, no one wants to hear just crazy solos that are kind of like chaotic, but everything went together. Like it, the rips soloing, like everything was just as near perfect as you can get it. I mean, you should really be proud of that. It, it is incredible. Thank you very much. I, um, I let my guitar be my voice in those songs. I made sure that it was singing, singing uh, a melody to the listener just as it was a singer, but it's notes without words. Sure. Yeah, that's a, probably the perfect way to to describe that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to keep it like it was a melody that pe- people uh, could relate to, um, even though there were no lyrics. The guitar was the voice. No doubt. Yeah, now I got to put it in my car and go on a nice drive, you know. <laughs> that, that seems like the perfect music. It, it was fine just in my room listening in my headphones, but... I think that it'll take it another level listening in my car and, and yeah, cruising, cruising. yep, cruising music. cruising music, yep. Go down to go go to Nevada where the, find a spot where there's no speed limits. Yeah, there you and go. Just let the record take you. I could do that. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Makes me want to go for a ride too. Heck yeah! Get oh, get, get your get your snowmobile ready. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's a snowmobile and uh, my helmet with speakers in it. Yeah, surround sound. Be cool. I think that'd be <laughs> pretty sweet. You know. Uh, so, Michael, this is this has been great. I've I've uh, I've had 
a blast. This has been a lot of fun. You are a great man, a great musician. Uh, anything that you want to plug for the, for the people at home? Well, number one, I'd say let's keep metal strong. Um, it, it, um, I have a, a fear for metal just in regards to the, the stuff we were talking about with the rap, the, the music with no guitars, the, uh, the switch that was hit on turning off the metal and glad it's still alive. But we really do have to, uh, to teach people that this is rock and roll and, uh, rock and roll should never die. Right. And, uh, remember to look for MJM on any of your platforms that you can, uh, that you like listening to, uh, there will be new music and, uh, look, look for the new, uh, version of live it up with, uh, Tim Ripper Owens of, uh, Judas priest on, uh, on the MJM song, live it up. It's coming out in January. So we'll, we'll put, we'll put all those links of course in the description below. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. No, we'll make it easy for everyone to find you. And cause, uh, People need to hear you. You know, you're Canada's best known secret. Like I said, it's a, a travesty, if you will, because yeah. it, it it's incredible. I really appreciate your career and, and everything you've done. Thank you for teaching, you know, the youth as well. You know, it's really important to have someone like you out there. And I wish there were more Michael J. Millers out there, but I'm glad you're there doing your part. And, you know, thank you again for joining us. You've been an absolute pleasure. And, and you know, well, don't forget. Uh, what song would you would oh, you yeah. like to to close this out with? Oh, how about we put on? Um, could it be? Could it by, be by Michael J. Miller? By MJM. All right, MJM. perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, having you guys host the show, and a pleasure answering all your questions and all our. Uh, interaction back and forth you guys are wonderful <laughs> wonderful to to speak with and i appreciate you having uh having me on your show no thank, thank you, you. yeah and thank you for being such a great sport as well and you know for everyone and you michael you know please uh stay safe out there and come back anytime yes love to thanks very much 